It's about that time. For the inside trim. You know that nasty trim. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Are you ready? You better be ready, bro. Because you're about to get inside trip. And we're back. What's up, wrestling fans? Oh, yes, we are definitely back and better than ever. For the ninth time, I might add. This is the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. I'm Brandon Olinger, alongside my partner in crime, Ben Watson. What up, what up, what up? Dude, episode number nine. We made it nine times. We made it nine times, man. Nine yeah, times. We did it. That's a mile mark for us, or a milestone for us. Every one of them is a milestone <laughs> for us, dude. I don't, nine, compared to some of the other wrestling podcasts I listen to, uh, nine is uh, fairly pathetic, so let's not get too excited. Uh, anyway, hit us up on Twitter at the Inside Trip one um, you can follow Ben directly at B-A-W-L-A-W, that's Ball Law. Or if you want to follow me, I don't have much to say, but it's at Brando413. So what's up, man? How are we doing today? We're doing good, man. Uh, you can also email us at the Inside Trip one At gmail.com. There you go. <laughs> you know, we, we're teamwork. That makes a dream work, right? That is my favorite quote. Teamwork makes the dream work. Hey, man, you know, I'm having a good time. Uh, you know, my legs are a little sore from snowboarding yesterday. You got to come out there for the first time. It was. And, and try to snowboard with us. How was awful. that? Awful. Awful. I mean, uh, yeah, we, we can call it snowboarding. I like to call it snow falling or maybe board falling or something. You are good for your first time. Yeah, really? How's your body feeling? It feels horrible. <laughs> it feels like I went. It feels like I went ten rounds with Mike Tyson. Yeah, uh, ten rounds with Kyle Snyder. How about that, Mister Euregan Champion? Oh, we going right there, huh? We jumping right into it? I don't know. I mean, oh. it just felt like that was where we were gonna go. Let's do it, man. Kyle cool. Snyder becoming only what the first American in eight years to win the Euregan Grand Prix in Russia. Yeah, bonus points if you can tell me who the last one was. Uh, um, Joe. It was uh, Steve Mako. Really? Yes. Nice. Good one. Yeah, and not only Snyder wins, we also, uh, the ladies were just tearing it up over there. They go, they take, I think they got three medals with Sarah Hildebrandt, got a silver. Tamara, nice. uh, is it Tamara? I think it's Tamara Menza with a gold. Nice. And Allie Reagan took a bronze. So overall, we looked pretty darn good at the Oregon, which is, they say, what, like the toughest tournament? They quote it as the toughest tournament in the world. Minus the Olympics, or maybe it is. It is well, tougher than the get, Olympics, yeah. Yeah, because you got more Russians, right? right? Dude, I, I don't know about you, but like, U.S. USA wrestling is doing so well right now, and the future looks so good as well. Like, I think we're starting to build up that, uh, uh, build that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Credibility, momentum. Yeah, momentum. But we're starting to we're stock we're stocking up again, basically. We're stocking up. You know, we were dry for a while. I agree, and I think that there was a little bit. You know, now we're getting way off topic. I think it was kind of a letdown at um, the Olympics. Like we didn't quite get as many medals as I thought we potentially could. Sure. Um, but you know, we're looking good. Kyle, you, you know, Snyder didn't win, didn't win the Oregon last year. I think he lost to Boltekayev. So, um, and maybe I'm completely wrong, but I know he lost to Boltekayev at some point. I think it might have been the Oregon. But you know, he goes out there and wins the Oregon, and it kind of makes up for him not being there in Iowa, which really kind of hurt for Ohio State. But hey. And without, I mean, obviously with no disrespect to any of the other wrestlers, past and present, are we looking at potentially the guy that's going to end up being the greatest American wrestler of all time? It's hard to say. Potentially, um, It's hard to say. And, I, and the reason why I say that is, you know, there's obviously people that fall, 
not fall off, but you know, like, sure. like we say, Father Time is undefeated. Yep. Um, you got guys like Bruce Baumgartner that got like what thirteen some medals. Yep. Here's the reason why Snyder may not end up being the greatest of all time, unless he's you know, it's it. Is he going to stick with it? He's already expressed the interest that he wants to go to the UFC. You know, the UFC might draw him away from two, three, four more medals that he could win if he stuck strictly with wrestling. And that's a that's a money deal. And can you blame him? No, I I mean I wouldn't blame him at all. But if you think about it, he's so he's got this Uregan title. He's won what one world title and an Olympic title and a Big Ten title. You know what I mean? Yes, and a Big Ten title. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, he's already accomplished more than what uh, many of our other you know great international wrestlers have ever accomplished and he's still in college most guys don't even start doing this until they get out of college i believe as a wrestler that's still competing for the united states he's the second most accomplished wrestler right now only to jordan burroughs right that's insane yeah so i mean insane how far i mean how far he goes is up to him but uh, multiple more world you know world championships olympic championships what was neat is and i i didn't catch any of his matches i just Mm -hmm. saw the uh the gif of him or gif of him just taking that Russian down with a step on the foot single right to his back. But what was interesting, I, re- I read. That? Yeah, that was yeah. your move. That's like that's an old school move, man. That's like old coach man move. Um, is that he was actually he got taken down and gutted, and he was down four to one in the match before he stormed back. So, look, he's not scared to you know give up some points and let it fly. No, no, not at all. He trust, and I think he said this before. I've read it before, and it's obviously evident in his wrestling. I mean, he trusts his ability. He trusts his offense. He's not afraid to be behind because he knows he can get after it. I'm still mad at him for not showing up to the uh, Ohio State um, Iowa duel because we would have won the duel if he would have been there. That, you know, I'm going on record and saying that. Man, I agree. My picks were so bad that I just need to do. I need something, <laughs> dude. They were awful. My picks were bad. News. They were awful. So let's let's just get let's get into it. Ohio State and Iowa Friday night. Um, yeah, I mean Ohio State loses. It, it it is what it is. I think we would have. I mean, we would have won the duel had Snyder been there. Well, I don't know about criteria. He would. Let's say he pins Holloway. I don't know about the, if if we went on criteria or not. Right. What was the final score? Twenty twenty one thirteen. So you take three away. That would have been eighteen. And we pin. That makes it nineteen. Oh, you're right. Yeah, Sorry. we win. Good math. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, you were talking about your picks. We we, we were fortunate enough and, um, and and very thankful to have the opportunity to do a kind of a Q&A session with uh, Dan Vest from Land Grant Holy Land, which is a big Buckeye sports blog. Um, that was awesome. That was, I, was, I really was, enjoyed doing that Super awesome. Hopefully we'll get a chance to continue to do that. Yeah, that, I mean, couldn't couldn't be any more appreciative of that, of that opportunity. Um, you know, I thought this match, you know, based on the picks that I made, this match kind of – you know, it ended up exactly the way I thought, minus minus two matches. Yeah, you, you did definitely did a better job of picking than I did. I think I was a little bit more of a homer. Um, you know, I, I was close on a couple ones. It, it wasn't like I took made really outlandish picks that didn't happen, minus right. I had Fox winning. All right. the matches that I picked that I, that went in the other went that you know didn't go in my favor were mm-hmm. close matches. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like I picked you know Jose no. Rodriguez over Thomas Gilman. No, not at all. Um, so let's just let's just kind of go through the go through that duel for a little bit. Yeah, we can run through um, that. You know, Gilman goes out. He does what Gilman does. You know, against the J Rod's a freshman, right? Redshirt freshman. Redshirt freshman. Redshirt yeah. freshman. He, I mean, he tech falls him, dominates the entire match. Single legs to both sides. He's just his offense is something that I haven't seen in the past couple years. Right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, we all knew he was good, but his offense is better this year than I've ever seen. Yeah, he's. 
in years past, I remember watching him in years past, and it's like, a, a, you know, we would see the occasional sh- the occasional shot from him, but just like, for instance, in his matches with Tomasello, he would lock up with him and just push him around the mat looking for those stall calls. Wasn't really actively trying to score. But this year, I mean, I agree with you. His Gilman's offense looks, I mean, looks unstoppable, and I, he, he's huge. I don't see how the weight cut isn't hurting him either. I think he's one of the most mentally tough people. You just from listening to him and from the way he performs, he's one of the most mentally tough wrestlers out there. Yeah, I was thinking— He's mean, too. He, oh, real mean. I don't like him. I, I do. I've, I've, got a, I've got an appreciation for him, but I think he—when he first came on the scene a few years ago— you know, and he, he would talk some of that, just so much shit. And I think he even made that comment once about how him and Clark were better than McDonough and Ramos, and everybody was like, eh, this guy's a goofball. But over the years, you know, listening to him talk and watching him wrestle this year, I mean, I don't think it's an act. I think he truly believes and feels the things that he says. Yeah, I mean, him and um, Clark are not better than Ramos and McDonough, if you just look at accolades. Accolades, right. Sure, but... He, he he's he's a stud, and I I'm guaranteed that that's the worst Rodriguez has been beat on since Pee Wee. I guarantee it. It was bad. I, it was I mean, beating. It was it was it was bad news. He did whatever he wanted to against him, and you know Rodriguez is a is a legit wrestler. Mm-hmm. I mean, what top well top top twenty ranked guy. Yeah. You know. Um. Anyway, you know Gilman picks up that tech fall there. Um, at 133, uh, rather anticlimactic for me. I think everybody was excited to see the uh, Tomasello versus Corey Clark match. That was obviously. frustrating, but you know I think Clark's dealing with an injury, right? Uh, no, I think he ducked. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh, really? I, All right. Did you watch the Brands interview after the match? Yeah, yeah. He, he said that he was injured, didn't he? No, he said we are being very, um, what did he say, uh, conservative. And I'm sorry, you weren't being conservative when you rolled Clark out last week against Penn State, and he and he tech fall to backup at 133 pounds. Wow! Um, you said he could go. You said he wanted to go. He says he's going to go next week. You're, he's going to go next week, but you're being conservative. I don't think the conservative is, is in the injury. I think it's hey, Corey Clark's already got one loss on the year. We're being conservative because we got seating to worry about. Okay, I, I mean we know Clark's hurt, mm-hmm. and we know Clark's hurt to the point where it's not going to heal before the end of the season. Okay. Like, right? Like, I mean, I think that's what the case, I think that's the case is that, because remember some people were saying, you know, he'd be done for the year, he'd, you know, if they had a red shirt left. No, that, that's what people on message boards were saying. Uh, everything, okay. that well, Tom, everything that Tom Brands in Iowa has said and Corey Clark has said does not indicate that. And I'm not saying it's not true. Maybe it is true. I'm not privy to that medical information. But based on, I'm sorry, you wrestle a guy last week, you said, oh, he's going to be in the lineup next week, and he wanted to go, he could have gone, but you held him out. I can't wait to post this on Hawkeye Report. <laughs> go for it. I, I, I think they held him out because, okay, so he can go. I, you know, I, I guess. You're, Do I have an argument? Yeah, you're, 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 you're kind of changing okay. my mind a little bit. But before I was like, well, we know he's hurt, right? I mean, we know he's injured. Sure. And we know that he's wrestling, going to wrestle with an injury, or he's wrestling, been wrestling with an injury. I, you're right. I don't know for sure that he's been wrestling with an injury his whole, you know, whole year. It's based off of message board, which is where I get a lot of fodder anyways, you know, and maybe let's say 25% of it's true. I'm not sure he ducked him. Okay. Let me, this is the way I was, and I was thinking about it from this perspective and I'm, I'm really not trying to be uh, an ass about it in regards to Corey Clark. I mean, I was greatly looking forward to that match. He's a two-time national finalist, but it's a fact he's already got one loss. It's a fact that five out of the top 10, um, best guys at 133 pounds are in the Big Ten. Some of them only even have one loss right now. 
if Clark loses this match, he's got two losses, and now we're talking about Big Ten seeding. Two losses to the number one and number two ranked guys. So here's where I'm going to counter that point. Okay. If he what he doesn't drop in a ranking one bit or in a seeding one bit if he loses to Tomasello. Tomasello is ranked above him, and then it's Cade Brock. Both of those two have beaten Clark. But I'm talking about Big Ten seeding. I know, but let me finish. Okay. Two losses. Big D, look, you can go into Big Tens with more losses than another guy and be seated above them. It's about who you wrestled. And if Clark has lost to the number one and the number two, but has beaten everybody else, he's not going to be seated below uh, a Montoya who might only have one loss. That's not the way it's going to work. They're going to look at who you've lost and who mm-hmm. you've beaten. Mm-hmm. He's already beaten Michik, who Montoya's lost to. Right. So it, it doesn't hurt him for seedings. In fact, th- this is what doesn't make sense to me. That wrestling that match only helps him, in my opinion, because if you win, hell, you're back on top of the heap, and if yeah. you and if you lose, you don't drop in rankings. You're telling me that Christian Piles and the guy that does rankings for Intermat and the guy that does rankings for the Open Mat are going to drop Clark when he loses to Tomasello when he's already ranked below above, below him? I, yeah. I disagree. Man, that's fine. I'm not. See, I'm not talking about rankings. I mean, well, ranking, seating, rankings too. are for the fans. I'm still talking it's about seeding. It, it, I'm, th- I'm thinking seeding purposes. When a coach tells me, when you march a guy out to wrestle the week before, and you tell me he's going to be in the lineup the next week, and that he could have gone this week, I'm sorry. I, I think there's more to it than we're protecting an injury. But what? What is? How does it hurt his seed by losing to the number one ranked guy? It doesn't. Okay. It only helps the seed. All right. That's All my right. opinion. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I've told you. No, I've told you. Valid point. I, I've spent the last ten minutes. But I mean, you, I, I gave you the valid point. Do you not think mine's somewhat valid? Uh, yeah, I would say it's somewhat valid. I just think where you and I are probably going to disagree on is that if um, you got a guy with one loss at that weight class and a guy with more than one loss at that weight class, I think when it comes to seeding, especially with the amount of matches that they will have wrestled, with the competition they will have wrestled, you know, I don't necessarily see him getting seated above a one-loss guy with more than one loss. But that's just me. That's that's just the way I look at it. So, so a guy that that is in the MAC or is in the SOCON that goes undefeated, um, you got to see him first then because he's got no losses ahead of a one-loss guy. That's, I mean, that's based on your logic. That's kind of what you're saying. You mean like when Gant was the second seed last year? And NCAA's at 157 pounds? Yeah, but he'd, he'd had some wins. He'd had some wins. But I, Look, I answered your question. But he, but he actually had some legit wins too. Okay. So a guy like Montoya with one loss at Big Tens. He's got some wins. Yeah, but if over Cl- Seth Gross, but Clark already over beat Meechik. Clark already beat Meechik, who lost the who who beat Montoya. So I understand that. I understand. I'm just telling you that's my view from my perspective. I don't think they were sitting him because of seeding. All right, so you know that's what makes that's what makes this podcast great is that you and I can completely disagree and then we can put it down and uh, and then people can text me and tweet me that that I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm definitely good with that. How about this next one though? This one. We both got this one right. We did? Did you pick Pletcher to win? Yes, I did. You did? Yes, All I right, did. well, good for you. Look good. it up. I'm proud of you. No, that was a great match. I, eh. Luke Pletcher's good, and he's only going to keep getting better. Um, but I thought to go on the road and Carver Hawkeye Arena as a true freshman when you're, you're technically wrestling up a weight class, good job on yeah. his part. Yeah, I mean, and it's not even technically. I mean, he's wrestling up a weight class – Except for the extent that I'm sure he weighed in at 141, right? I mean, it's not oh, like, sure. you know, weighed in at 33 wrestled up. But he's a 33-pounder, and Carton made him look like a 33-pounder. So, in terms of size, I think they looked – I think Carton looked bigger than him. Yeah, so I think Carton looked bigger than him. Um, yeah, that is just stones. I mean, and I texted – I think I texted Frank. Were you on that text when I was talking about kind of some of the technique that Pletcher was was uh, was doing? He is I, – I think I wrote – like, I think that he's going to win a title before it's all said and done. I think. Uh, Maybe not this year, but I think he's going to win an NCAA title some year. 
Well, I mean, obviously that was probably the expectations when they brought him in. I mean, the kid kid comes into college with, you know, he he was a super super recruit. Um, yeah, I, I I'd say that's definitely a possibility. But I don't know. But when I watched him wrestle, his technique is so good. It's so fantastic. Good. It's it's it might be one of the best on the team. And for a true freshman, that's just unreal. I mean. And his bottom wrestling is not bad, which is something that we see that you know freshmen struggle with. But um, you made a comment about one, what he hit this. Uh, what was it? A oh, the man, short, the short yeah, drag, the to, short a high drag to a high single. That was fantastic. That was amazing. I, that short drag to a high single. So he, um, you know, Carton kind of shoots in on him and then stands up, and uh, uh, Pletcher goes straight to the armpit of the other guy's arm. Kind of like a drag, right? Like a drag straight to a high single. Realizes he doesn't even need to drop to his feet. Gets it. And then they end up in that body lock situation. That's where they ended up in that body lock situation. Mm -hmm. But that's really high level technique. Like, because it's one thing to show it, but to be able to hit it that fast, it's amazing. He he looked great. And he had to grit it out, too. He had to grit out that win, too. Oh, yeah. His On that body lock, his patience on it really impressed me because a lot of kids would get in that position and get anxious they get nervous they get nervous but his patience on it he just kind of let it come to him finished it got the takedown i mean it was fantastic impressive i mean are you at this point are you, are you seeing enough out of him and i mean let's face it he was ranked higher than carton he he should have won the match he did win the match um but are you starting to see things out of him that thinks that he might be able to sneak on that podium in that deep class this year that and that's exactly i'm, I'm pulling up the rankings right now um, you know, let's say he was a 157 pounder doing that. I think I would say yeah, because you know that's a weight class that's a little more wide open. 41 is, I'd hate to say it's wide open, but now that I'm looking at it, you know, you got a guy like George DiCamillo ranked seventh, Bryce Meredith ranked eighth. Um, I think that he could go with those guys. Now, you know, I'm not sure he can go with the Dean Heil, Kevin Jack, Joey McKenna, Matthew Kolodzik. Is Jaden Ironman ranked higher than him at 141? Yeah, I, yeah, I, but Ironman ain't bad. No, he's not bad. I'm just, I just don't know what he's done to. I'm, I'm trying to think in my head like what he's done to, to get that ranking. Um, yeah, I'm not sure he's beaten really anybody. Well, anybody of note. Yeah, so I think that it's a deep weight. Yes, he can definitely all American, and and we both they need it. I think they need it. I think you and I have both said that he can all American. I don't think any of us have ever said that he couldn't. Ironman best win might be against to be honest with you he's beaten cam kelly at 33 anthony titulo at 33 he got pinned by <laughs> george d camillo he got beat by d camillo twice yeah and he's dude and that was at why the hell is he ranked that was the point i was trying to make i'm why trying to figure out he why is he ranked ninth he's yeah. beaten nobody so I mean, if they're you know, if by rankings purposes, if you know a guy like Ironman, no disrespect, is on the cusp of he being beat an All American, right? Right. Yeah, and um, Pletcher beat Sinan as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely in the cards, or it's definitely in the realm of possibility I'm for so him to end up on the podium. Why he's ranked ninth now? That's a hell of a question, hype. Brandon. Hype, hype machine, man. Yeah. I mean, a lot of hype around Ironman, um, especially when he was at one thirty three. I mean, obviously, that, that didn't work out for him, so he's up at 141 now. Yeah, he's but. ranked above Colton McChrystal, Randy Cruz, Jimmy Gillibon. Mm -hmm. I mean, guys that have, have legit wins mm -hmm. this year. I, 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 well, I don't know. Gillibon doesn't have a ton of legit wins. but All right. I mean, yeah, I, I, we're kind of getting lost in the weeds, but that's that's a great question because I have no clue why he's ranked that high. I love it. 
it's our conversation. We can get as deep in the weeds as we want. Well, then why the <laughs> hell is he ranked that high? I, I don't know. Again, I think I think it just goes back to hype, to be truthfully honest. Um, but it, the, I guess my point was, if a guy like Ironman, who is on the cusp by rankings of being an All-American, then Pletcher is definitely in that same conversation, which bodes very well for the Buckeyes sure. because the Buckeyes need him. Now, they I need him on the podium. I don't like a... I don't like a matchup between Pletcher and Ironman. I think that's a guy that you don't want to see. You think he, so? He's so long. He's yeah. He's so long. He's now, funky too. The thing is, yeah, like like here, it's one of those things where I think that Pletcher will go out and beat the crap out of some people that that would beat Ironman, mm-hmm. but then Ironman could beat Pletcher. And just maybe I'm wrong. But. No, but by that same by that same token, you know, Pletcher wrestled Sinnon. Sinnon's like six foot two. Um, Pletcher was able to beat Sinnon. Sure. Ironman did too. Both close matches. So you know. It, the kid handles himself very well on the mat. He wrestles with great composure. He's got a great gas tank because he's not cutting a lot of weight, and his technique is phenomenal for yeah. for this for, for this stage in his career. Well, so, look, I mean, we all say that we say the same thing, right? Going to Carver Hawkeye, true freshman wrestling true up weight, and taking a win home against a ranked opponent, a top twenty opponent, mm-hmm. that shows that the stage isn't too big. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, something like that is going to. Um, um, pay dividends when it comes to NCAA wrestling time. Totally agree. How about um, how those about... Carver Hawkeye fans? Oh, dude, they're nuts. They're crazy. Car- Look, Carver Hawkeye and then Rec Hall in Penn, you know, at Penn State. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm jealous as an Ohio State fan. Look, I know there's a lot of Buckeye fans out there, and you know, but we don't even pack the St. John Arena, and these guys are packing stadiums bigger than that, packing them. So it's funny you say that, and I, I mean, I. I really didn't want to go here just yet just because we were kind of talking about some of the matches, but I think it's a great, great, great point to make here is that the differences, in my opinion, or one of the differences is Ohio State is going to struggle to do that, and it's because Tom Ryan went on record this week in saying duels don't really mean much to him. Until they have a positive impact on a national championship for a team, they just – they're just not that as important to him. So it's very hard to convince – you know, fans to drive hours and hours to get to Columbus or whatnot to go to these duels to watch these because I don't think I've ever been up there when the full Ohio State starting lineups wrestled. Well, you know what? I think we're going to see it next week. Against Penn State? Yeah, and we got to pack the shot, guys. So that's at the Schottenstein Center, which I, I don't necessarily— I mean, We're not going to pack the shot. No, which, well, that's a, yeah, that's 18,000, right? Right. Now, which I don't necessarily agree. I, don't, I, I guess, did they move it because there was like a basketball—we don't know. We don't know I don't why know they for moved sure. it. I hope they didn't move it because they thought that they would get more fans because, look, having it at St. John's packed house, that would have been awesome because we're going to get some fans. I oh, think. sure. Yeah, I think I think it had to have been a scheduled conflict, but, hey, who cares? We got tickets. We'll be there next we're gonna Friday We're going to be lower bowl, baby. Yeah. So, so anyways, yeah, we're going to be at the shot to watch Penn State. Um, Buckeye fans, get out there, man. Yeah, definitely get out there. I'm sure uh, Brandon and I will put out a preview uh, article before that happens, so uh, – you know, one of us will do it. I'm looking at Brandon right here for that one. Now, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll put we'll something. get something out. We'll put something together. So yeah, let's go back to the duel. I'm sorry to get off track, no, but no, not at all. No problem. Um, 149. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. The match between Micah Jordan and Brandon Sorensen. This is exactly how I saw this match playing. Well, out. you tweeted it. You tweeted it, that it's not a. It's it's that Micah isn't gonna have an issue on his feet. No. It's it's gonna be Matt wrestling. It was gonna be Matt wrestling. Now you know, 
to, to flip that match, Mike is going to have to get a takedown, which exactly. he wasn't close to. Right. The point I was trying to make was just that Micah Jordan can go with anybody in the country at 149 pounds on his feet. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get a takedown every time, but like in this match, you got a guy like Brandon Swartzen who's very good on his feet. He <laughs> returning did not, national finalist. Right, returning yeah. national finalist. Um, just took Zane Rutherford, you know, to the ropes. You know, had you know had him up against the ropes, took him to the wire there. Um, the match was going to be decided on Matt wrestling, and that's exactly what happened. We couldn't get an escape. We got ridden. God, we got ridden so much in that match. We weren't even close to getting out. No, I, I mean. It, if you can't get out, you're not gonna win a match. Gonna win a match. Win a match. In a match like match like that. My opinion. Michael was gonna win this match. Well, I thought Michael was gonna win because I thought that he would be able to take Sorensen down. Mm-hmm. Because without going too in depth into my in my thought process, I thought that Michael was gonna take Sorensen down twice. Did you really? Like, yeah, I thought he was gonna take him down twice, and I thought Sorensen was. Gonna, and I didn't think. Look, I didn't see much out of Sorensen in terms of him being able to take Micah down either. Not to say he can't, right? Right. But it wasn't like none of them were really close to getting the takedown. No. And I don't know if it was just for, you know, maybe they were being too cautious with each other on their feet, kind of filling each other out. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, ultimately, it was my my opinion that I thought Sorensen's ability to wrestle in all three positions was going to be the deciding factor in this match. And that's that's how it played out. Well, and, and, and the thing is, you know, we've seen this song and dance before between, you know, Micah and a lot of Buckeyes. To be honest with you, they're, they're struggling to get off bottom. Big time, especially in that match. By far, Especially Micah, in that duel. I think Mike is better on top than he is on bottom. And, and I'm not going to say, and he's not a, you know, he's not he's a He's no freaking, Mitch Clark. He's not a Joe Heskett, yeah. No. <laughs> I, I agree with you completely on that. Um, but it gets it goes back to... Yeah, the buck. Yeah, I agree. The Buckeyes are they struggled on bottom in this duel. Um, I think it ultimately it, it lost them this duel. Um, minus, it did. Minus it did. Kyle Snyder not being there. But it, it, great point. Them being bad on bottom, and I didn't want to interrupt you, but I think no. that it's a great point. Them being bad on bottom lost them this duel because of this match and because of 184. But I completely ahead. agree with you there. Um, but that's got to be something that Mike has got to figure out because he can't. He's not going to be able to depend on takedowns on his feet in every match especially as he gets you know he, he's going against the higher level sure. guys at that weight sure. class yeah, you, you got to be able to get it to the point where maybe it pushes it to overtime get an escape yeah. get it to overtime get it to overtime because let's be honest nobody and not even an iowa fan can say that michael jordan stalls on his feet no that dude shoots more than he probably should it doesn't put him in the bad positions but he's a goer he is but he didn't he look you know what he we, he, we we know what he's got on his feet, right? He's got mm-hmm. you know he's got he's got the Jordan the Jordan single, uh, you know he's got some high crotches, he's got some other funky mm-hmm. stuff going on. Mm-hmm. It wasn't there against Sorensen, who is not a staller, but stays in great position. Yeah, holds position yeah, very well. Neither one of them got really close to scoring. I want to say maybe Sorensen was a little bit closer at one point, but mm-hmm. you know not you know nothing of, of note. But look, Micah read him for wrote him for fifteen seconds. Sorensen wrote him for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a difference maker right there, man. And that's what lost him the match. And, you know, hopefully they get that figured out because we've talked before, and I think we both agree that, you know, Micah Jordan has the chance to end up on that podium and not only on the podium, but very high on that he podium. He can still make the he finals. He can make the finals. He still can. You're telling me that that match can't be flipped? I, no. know, you're not, I know you're not telling me that. That was that was just uh, some hood vernacular. Sorry. No, no. I, of course the match can be flipped, but it ain't going to be flipped if you're going to get ridden for two two plus minutes in a match. Well, You've if he gets a couple takedowns, then maybe you it will. <laughs> I've always been of this of this nature, and actually, you know, it's funny because we were just talking to our old high school coach about some of the um, some of the high school guys he's got on his team. 
you don't got to be great on top to be successful in college wrestling. But what you got to be able to do is a couple of different things. You got to be able to ride a guy for 15, 20 seconds if you get a takedown at the end of the period, right? So you don't give up that one point. And you got to be able to get out. If you're good on your feet and on bottom, you can win a national title, even if you're not good on top. Yeah, I mean, fair point. I don't disagree with that. I just think that, you know, when you're going against those high-level guys at that weight class, that you can't bank on getting, you know, more than one takedown every match. I mean, it's a lot of times you you just you, you just can't depend on that. And if you can't get out and you're not going to be able to get multiple takedowns in a match, you're going to have a big problem, especially if you're a guy that, you know, that can't ride him either. Yeah, so yeah, let, let's let's take it to okay, instead of going down, he takes neutral. He loses 1-0 maybe, or maybe he gets the takedown. Maybe take he gets down. a takedown. So now that's something to think about. But the problem is you shouldn't be in that position. No. Going into the third period, let's say this is the semifinals of the NCAA tournament. Going into the third period since Swords is up 1-0. I can't help but think they're going to take neutral. But you shouldn't be in that position. Based on that match that yeah. we just saw Friday? Oh, yeah. You shouldn't be in that position. you got to go You should neutral. be going, I'm going down. I'm going down. I'm getting my escape, and then we're going to battle. Agree, man. Um, 157, I mean, it, it, Kim, Kimmer, Michael Kimmer, uh, majored um, Jake Ryan. Okay, this is one of the matches I called correctly. Did you? Major for Kimmer, and you had just a decision, didn't you? No, I called major. Uh, all right. Go back and I look. believe you. I go believe you. I'm not going to. Um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Kimmer is the number two guy in the country. His only loss is to Jason Nolf. Um, Jake Ryan struggled, has been struggling this season, though I think he's looked a little bit better in his last couple of matches. I agree with you. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing nothing else we can really say about this. It, it is what it is. The next the next match kind of was a little upsetting. It was a 3-0. And I don't think, did Bertrand get ridden? Um, I'm not sure. Or did he take top? I can't remember. I'm not sure, I can't remember. No, he took neutral because he got taken down and ridden. I think, I'm not 100% positive, but this is a match I do, th- it's a close match, 3-0 loss. I think it can be flipped. These were two of the kind of unsung heroes. I picked Bertrand to win this match. I think he can win this match. And, and, and as I wrote in the article, I see this being the type of match, you know, Conci semis somewhere, or not Conci semis, but Conci somewhere where the winner punches the ticket to Nationals and the other one's staying home. Um, unfortunately, Bertrand wasn't able to get it done. I, I, didn't, I don't know much about Gunther. I thought Bertrand was going to have this one by a couple points. You know, I, I thought Gunther was going to win this match. I thought it was going to be a decision. Um, I know you really like Cody Bercher, so I'm not dogging him, you know, dogging on him here. Um, I think Bercher has shown in the past that he's had a, you know, a knack for keeping matches close against really good guys. So it gives you that, that hope or that, yeah. that impression that he's got the ability to win this match. And I'm not saying he doesn't have the ability, but at the same time, I just haven't seen much from him this year that led me to believe that he was going to be able to get that win, especially in Carver Hawkeye arena. You make a good point, right? Keeping a match close with uh, an Isaac Jordan doesn't translate to beating Cody Bird, or excuse me, to beating uh, Joey Gunther, right? Right. You got to score points. You do, and that's not what I've seen. I haven't really seen him do that this year. And then that combined with the environment that it was in, I just, I just, I didn't see. I, I just didn't see him pulling that one out. Yeah. I actually picked Gunther to win that match too. Did you? Yeah, but I, I wanted Bursch to win real bad. So I know you did. But you know. Um, so 174 pounds. The other, uh, the other Jordan, Bo Jordan, was finally back in action. He's been out for a little bit lately. Nice to see him um, wrestling. Good to see him wrestling. Um, took on Alex Meyer, returning All American. I think he was ranked 11th in the country right now, as of now. Uh, Bo, Bo won by decision. He won by decision Close on a match. late takedown. 10 seconds left in the um, in uh, the the uh, the regular part of the match. Mm-hmm. Got finally got to his offense. Got a takedown. 
I think the biggest thing, it's not so much, look, he won 3-2 to two against Alex Meyer, who just had a really nice win against Mark Hall. Yep. Returning All-American, so he's, I'm not looking into this match saying, oh man, I'm worried about Bo, he only beat him 3-2. to two. I'm more concerned about Bo being able to train. Um, I listened to uh, Tom Ryan's interview after the, the match, and he talked about Bo, and he said Bo's been suffering from an injury that normally takes two to three weeks to heal. So I'm not thinking it's the toe injury that he has that um, that's kind of kept him out in the past. I'm thinking it might be something else. But he said he wanted to wrestle. But he, but um, Ryan said that he hasn't trained for like two weeks. So he went right. out there not even training for like two weeks. Yeah, and, and Alex Meyer just has this annoying style anyway where he can keep matches close. He's pretty uh, – he's kind of a counter wrestler, very, very defensive wrestler. So, you know, again, this is kind of what I expected to see in this match. I think Bo was just able to show him that, hey, look, I am the better wrestler. I've got a little bit more horsepower, and if you let me in on your legs enough, I'm going to eventually finish a takedown. Yeah. And that's that's what he did. You know, and, and we need him healthy, and we need him training. Yes. Right? If he's not going to – look – it's a ticking time bomb if he's just coming out there wrestling duels and then riding the bike at practice. Which I'm not saying he's doing, but you, you can't do that and then go into March expecting to make the, the, the NCAA finals and win right. the title. One thing that kind of concerned me was, you know, he didn't put a ride on Meyer at all. He didn't. And, no, and I thought he would. And this is like what's frustrating is Iowa just gets it. They got out. We, nobody, nobody on our team, I don't think, I'd have to, you know, go back and really rewatch, put a ride on him. I'd have to go back and watch that again, but in the matches that we won, um, I don't know. Did Colin Moore put a ride on no, Cash Wilkie? I mean, he just, just takes him down and cuts him. Um, but but know, everybody how many times? How many times when growing up wrestling or even as coaching, did, did you hear or did we tell kids that getting out from bottom is an is an attitude? It's a mentality, yep. and it's got to be that attitude that you're not going to keep me down. I'm going to win the first move. I'm going to get to my feet. I'm going to hand fight you until I get out. I'm going to keep moving. And I'm going to keep moving. That's the key. Right. And then how many times in that match did we see the ref blow the whistle and the Ohio State wrestler just kind of paused, froze? You can't do that. Not at <laughs> this level. I've got some notes about the next match specifically for that. But, you know, everybody's saying, okay, so let's just go, you know, Bo versus um, Zahid Valencia. Everybody's saying, okay, Zahid might be a little better on his feet, but Bo will be able to put a ride on him. Nothing. Nothing I saw there is going to think that both putting a ride on anybody. No, and, and I've watched a lot of Zahid's matches this year too. And a, he doesn't get ridden very much. And b, hey, uh, newsflash, he's also not that bad on top either. No, and I hate this because you know what? I've, 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 I wouldn't say I've beaten up on Bo, but I've been you know frustrated about the whole situation for a while. But we don't know what he's going through. And the Jordan family is a great family, you know. And these kids are great kids. So. Look, he just beat a returning All-American. It was a good win. Yeah, and, it's, a, it's a good win for him. Yeah, boom. He's still undefeated. He's yep. still got the ability. Look, nothing this year has happened that's, that's told me that he can't um, you know, reach his goals being a, of a national champ, to be honest with you. I still think he can. Now, he's going to have to he's wrestle gonna... a lot better in that last match against Meyer to do it, right. but he still can. But we got to get him training. How, yeah, but how many guys can go out there after, you know, what three weeks ago they were in a walking boot they haven't wrestled a match since then he said he hasn't even been training hasn't even practiced goes out on the road carver hawkeye arena against a returning all-american who like you said coming off a big win last week and like you said in carver in carver and 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 guts it out and gets the win so that that's a good win for him at this point that's a good win you know what you know the nice thing about it though is bo looks huge like he looks every bit of 74 jack i don't see how he ever made 65 jeez Jeez. So we need to cut him down to 65. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm gonna have a turn talking to him about that. 
Uh, right. Next match, why don't you take it away, Brandon? Go ahead. I, look, Miles Martin versus Sammy Brooks, you know, national championship versus returning All-American. Um, you know, Brooks coming off a, a week where he just got pinned in 38 se- seconds by Bo Nickel um, in an embarrassing spladel. Um, this match did not go how I thought it would go. I thought Martin was starting to really turn a corner. I thought he was going to go out and win this match, but it started the way I it, thought it was going to go, right? A nice little, got, nice slick takedown got by a Martin. Nice takedown, but you know, Sammy Brooks is not a guy that's going to give up. You got to keep taking it to him. And again, Martin's inability to be able to get up from bottom cost us that match. And I tell you what, you know, so um, Martin took him down, nice, real slick. I'm, and we're thinking, all right, nice. You know, we're, we're going to be good. Oh, yeah. You know what uh, Sammy Brooks has is a freaking nice single leg. He got it on a bow. Now he got splayed by that. But that's what he took Martin down with. And he took him down, and I went back and watched this. He took Martin down with a minute and 23 seconds left in the third period. Martin laid there with his freaking head up, just laying on his stomach for a good six, seven seconds before he even moved. He, If you get taken down, get your damn knees under you and start working. And he just laid there flat. For like, like he was defeated. Yeah, and I'm, maybe he felt that way. I don't know, but you know, it's again, an ability to get out from bottom cost you a match. You can't, you you cannot wrestle that way and expect to, you know, expect to finish high come March or, or even as a national him. champion. Miles can beat him. I fully th- think so. I fully thought so. Do you see what Tom Ryan said? Tom Ryan said, and 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 I'm pretty sure this was exactly what it said, but I'm not 100 percent positive. He said Tom Ryan says Miles has to continue to grow mentally. It's a good point. That's what Tom Ryan said. So to me, that's thinking in the room. You know, you know what continue to grow mentally means when you get taken down and Don't you're and you're losing there. and you get taken and there's a minute and 23 freaking seconds mm-hmm. left in the match and you're only down by two mm-hmm. or one, excuse me, because you got that riding time, right? And you're down four to three. Get your freaking knees under you. Get up. Get your knees under you. The match isn't over. Finish strong. I'm not saying it's that easy to get out, right? It isn't just grab the hand and stand up. (laughs) (laughs) No. As one of the guys we used to coach with used to say, grab the hand and stand up. But don't lay there. I I can't disagree with anything you said there. So when he said you got to continue to grow mentally, look, I'm not judging the kid. When I was that age, I I had a lot of growing mentally to do. Not that I don't still, but... You can't just lay there and feel deflated after that takedown. No, because you're going to find yourself in that situation more. I mean, it's not going to be the last time that you get taken down in the third period with 40 seconds left and you're down by one or down by two. I mean, so you got to figure out how to wrestle through that, get over it mentally, and get back to doing what you're good at. Get out, score a takedown. With how deep that weight is, that could be a round of 12 match. I'm not guaranteeing it, you know. Mm-hmm. And. What are you gonna do in the NCAA, NCAA, you know, round of twelve when you get taken down and you're down by one with a minute twenty three left to go? We got to figure out how to get the hell off the bottom. Those Buckeyes need to figure out how to get the hell off the bottom. I think you need to head up there tomorrow and put on a little clinic. You know what's interesting <laughs> that, you, that, you, that you say that is we we all know that that's the hardest part about the transition process. Mm-hmm. But there was a national champ last year. You're gonna figure it out. You know, by your junior and senior year. People don't ride you nearly as much. Yeah. They, they really don't. Just just look around. Freshmen right. and sophomores get ridden a little more. Right. But, you know, oh, well. dare I say I expect a little more out of Miles Martin on bottom. Because I tell you what, he gets to his feet. He's taking Sammy Brooks down and winning that match. I really think he does. I think so, too. You just got to get your ass off bottom. Um, so after that, 197, Colin Moore. Man, this dude is good. If you guys Stud. haven't heard about him yet, <laughs> Colin Moore is Really, really good. Currently the fourth-ranked 197-pounder in the country as a freshman. 
Um, I, I say he's probably one of the best guys in that weight class on his feet. Um, can score takedowns with anybody. Um, goes out, does his thing, puts a was it a major? Was it, did he major? Yeah, Wilkie? he beat him like nineteen to seven. Yeah, and so the, all, all those points all were takedowns. Yeah, um, for all the all yeah all of the um of Wilkie's points for uh, escape escapes. So, yeah, right. Um, does what he had to do. I mean. I don't know what else to say about Colin Moore other than the fact that I'm looking very, I'm very much starting to look forward to seeing him at March at the Big Tens and the national championships because he's got a chance to get really high up on that podium. Right now, it's looking like we might potentially, we have a chance, a shot, not guaranteed, of facing um, Virginia Tech in the national duels. The, you know, the, the national mm-hmm. duels. I'd love to see him against Hot because right now, Hot's three, Moore's four, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like that's. You could flip that. Now, obviously, you got Cox and Farr up top, and they deserve those rankings Absolutely. because they, they beat him. They beat him oh, yeah, more. for sure. Which, which isn't to say that, look, Studebaker just took um, Farr to the limit. I think that Moore could beat. I still think Cox is going to win it, but it wouldn't shock me if Colin Moore, as a freaking freshman, ends up in the finals. But I tell you what, absent some random, something random happening, this dude's finishing top four. Yeah. yeah he's good. I mean, he's... He's so good on his feet, so I can't wait to see what he's like once he starts developing, you know, a better mat wrestling game. Sure. I think when that happens, I mean, you're looking at a possible. Yeah. But he ain't getting ridden. Finals. No. Now Cox got riding time on him, but Moore still got out. Right. You know. Yeah. So and that's Cox. It wasn't like it wasn't like three minutes of riding yeah. time, two minutes of riding time. It was like a, you know what, a minute and it, seven minutes. Yeah, eight I, I think I think it was something like a minute and like I think ended up being like a minute twenty. Right. Because it, yeah, but. I forgot where I was going there. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot. Oh, well, what I was saying is that he can get out, right? Like he's not just getting ridden. Agreed. So agreed. And and and, and he's 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 quickly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers because he's a freaking goer. He is, and some of his offense is so non-traditional. He too. hit like that. He hit attacks. that inside drag. Yeah. Again on Wilkie, who, by the way, that's where I was going. Um, I'm sorry, McCutcheon. Um, it took him overtime to beat. Uh, Cash Wilkie. Now McCutcheon's ranked tenth, you right. know, so it's not more. But th- I think that shows you the separation. Now we'll see it. We'll see it here in a week. Yeah, we're going to see it next week. You know, and McCutcheon has a knack of keeping matches close. But give me more all day. Are you able to break down that inside drag to single that he hits at all? Uh, I, know, I, I know you I, really I, watched I could, that. but it would be very hard. Okay, so basically what he does is the other guy's right arm. He um, his left uh, hand grabs the other guy's right wrist. So he grabs the wrist. And then he immediately goes into the armpit of the guy's right arm, mm-hmm. pulls it close, which what that does is pulls the, guy, the guy's right leg close. Right. And then he takes his right leg, sticks it right in there in between the legs, and trips the guy, and he gets his momentum going forward, and the guy just falls down. I mean, bottom line is... It's pretty. It, it, it is. And he just hits it so... He hit it on Cox. He hit it on Cox. Yeah. yeah. It's so pretty. Yeah. He, he, here's the thing. And um, I don't know if I read something or I was listening to, to Tom Ryan talk... But he said that the no, I read it. It was in the Eleven Warriors. He said that Colin Moore, what what they did was Tom Ryan made his him stick around and wrestle last summer. Mm-hmm. Not not that Colin Moore didn't want to. Mm-hmm. So then he wrestles, then he goes to you know the Junior Open and does this and everything. All of a sudden he finds him on the Junior World Team. He finds right. himself on the Junior World yep. Team, even though he didn't win like the Open beforehand or something like that. So I forget exactly how it worked, but he found himself on the Junior World Team. And Ryan said that was when Moore clicked to say. You know what? I can do this. Yeah, I can do this. I'm a guy from Ohio. I wasn't a huge recruit. Not at all. You know, but I can do this. And I tell you what, we got a, we, we got a, we got a guy in Colin Moore who he was a gem. He he was he was a, a diamond in the rough. Right. I agree with you completely. 
Um, so good for him. Gets the, you know, gets the big win there. Um, again, another freshman going on the road in Carver Hawkeye arena, picking up that victory along with Luke Pletcher. Um, the last match, you know, I had said all week long, I, I was really hoping this would play out this way. I sure. wanted to see Josh Fox play the hero role. Um, that didn't happen at all. Stephen Holloway, who's, uh, filling in admirably for, uh, the injured Sam Stoll said not in my house, man. Yeah, and, and you know, I looked at when I was doing my preview. I looked at like a lot of not common opponents, but looked at the look at who's won both. And I truly favored Fox, and it wasn't because he was an Ohio State guy. I truly favored him. He'd won some, you know, he's won some opens. He's beaten some legitimate Division One competition. Where Holloway, really, a lot of his wins this year came like against D two, D three guys. I was like, we're gonna win this match. You know, it wasn't gonna be a pin. So towards the end, I was like, I right, ain't gonna win the right. duel. But I was not expecting that. But I'm, dude. <laughs> What are you going to do with your yeah. backups? Who knows, right? <laughs> anyway, so uh, Bucks end up losing that duel. What was the final score, man? Oh, I just clicked off of it, but it was... Uh, dang it, Brandon. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I think it was like 21-13. Yeah, 21-13. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to think of it. Um, you know, Tom Ryan says that you know he's just not putting a lot of emphasis on duels right now, and that's his right to do so. I don't, I don't necessarily agree completely. Um, you know, I do it. What I will say is this, and yes, it would have been nice to have Kyle Snyder out there though. I think Kyle Snyder probably benefited more going to the Uregan wrestling, the competition Absolutely. he did than he would have against Stephen well, Holloway. No, you, look with a guy like Kyle Snyder, you just say, thank you for your service. But like, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're okay. glad to have you. Yeah. Cause, cause, cause if not, guess what Kyle Snyder can do. If, if Tom Ryan's like, nope, you're doing, doing, doing this or I'm pulling your scholarship. Uh, Snyder's going, okay, I'm going to get a shoe deal. I'm gonna go get a T-shirt deal. I'm gonna get a deal from McDonald's, and I'm gonna go make some make some money <laughs> and some Big Macs, and you know. But no. But instead, he says, y- y- "I'm doing what's best for you," because Kyle Snyder is amazing for the program. I agree completely. You know, he brings in money for the program. So yeah, and we're lucky to have him. We're lucky to get to watch him. So anyway, it'll be should be a great match next week. Uh, Penn State. Kyle Snyder will be uh, wrestling Nick Neville, so that'll be a good one. That's that's gonna be a great one. By the way, though, I am claiming an Ohio State victory over Iowa because I'm putting Snyder in there and giving him the pin. Do you think that works? Or? Um, I, I think it will go down unofficially in some sort of <laughs> record book. Okay, so another big duel that Friday night, uh, I don't know if you happened to catch, was the Virginia Tech versus Lehigh duel. I didn't catch it, man. I was driving down to uh, to uh, to my boy's place, but uh, I, I, I kind of looked at the scores afterwards. Interesting. It was interesting. I actually, they had a free stream going on that night, so I kind of tuned into that. Um, t- I love me a free stream, though. Like, the more the more, more uh teams are starting to stream these things that's awesome for wrestling man you just love free stuff period <laughs> cheap bastard all right <laughs> i'm kidding all i'm right. kidding um so anyway you know I, one i don't think people truly realize how good these two teams are i mean i think there was uh <laughs> there was quite a few guys ranked in the top five of their weight class in this match um so yeah two two great teams obviously virginia um, tech is really good imagine if they had um mcfadden wrestling Oh yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, and we and we've talked about that. Virginia Tech, uh, yeah, I'm not trying to dig in the weeds, but Virginia Tech is freaking legit. Yeah, they've got they've got some really good guys, and you know, Lehigh is kind of like one of my, you know, you know, I don't know what sneaky, the sneaky, good. secretively one of my other favorite teams because they always end up having guys that are so good that just aren't very heralded, you know, that aren't you know hyped up as much. And um, you've heard me you, saying that for years, yeah, man. I love them. I, I love them. And, uh, you know, you kind of saw it in this match. I think there was two matches that I was really most interested in. Well, there was three. I'm sorry. Um, Joey Dance and Darian Cruz. 
Uh, Solomon Shisko and Lake Gardner at 149, and then Zach Epperly took on Ryan Preach at 174, and you saw some results that I don't think many people were expecting. I know Hokie fans weren't expecting this, but you know, two undefeated wrestlers suffered their first loss to that night. They did, you know, and Preach, uh, Preach is the guy where you, if I and I don't know, Brandon, I know you follow. I mean, you are a freaking nerd, like when it comes to wrestling in a good way. But like, Thanks. I didn't know who Preach was. Did you know who Preach was at the start of the year? Um, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know who he was as far as like being hyped up. There's a couple of Lehigh, you know, I like to get on the message boards and read a lot. Um, there's a couple of Lehigh message boards where I know they were really high on him. Sure. Um, it, but those are those are their own team. Yeah, that's their own team. You know? And that's kind of how you. That's kind of how I get clued into some of these guys. I thought Preach. I, I knew Preach was good. I didn't know he was this good. And I'll. We're it, talking potential finalists. Good. You know. Yeah, because it's. You know, I think Epperly is an amazing, amazing wrestler. Oh, he's and, fantastic. And to give Epperly his first loss of the season, I thought Epperly had finalist potential as well. So if he does, you know, Priest goes out and he gets that win. 174 starting to shape us, shape up as a really interesting weight class. Yeah, and, and when you say shape up, I can think the complete opposite because I, can, I can't find any shape in that weight class because it's so random to me. Like, there's so many, like... I can't pick who's gonna do what no. there. I mean, this is what this is what we do know. There are two undefeated wrestlers left in that weight class. There are a couple of guys with one losses who have uh, finalist potential. Um, you got the wild card Mark Hall, and then you got a bunch of guys that have you know that are either doing really well, or have done really well in the past, are former All Americans that you know win one week, lose the next. It's gonna be interesting come March. That's gonna be it. yeah, and and you know I'm very happy that Preach beat Epperly because I have him on my fantasy team. Yes, you do. Um, but you know his only two losses. Let's think about this. His only two losses are one to Mark Hall when he was up three to one and got cement, cement jobs. Moves. Yep. And then he lost to uh, I think it was Robuto. Robuto. When it was four to four with like ten seconds left and it was an uncontrolled fall. Correct. Which now it was an uncontrolled fall. The call, the, the call it was, was the right, right call, but at the same time, that doesn't tell me that you know Preach can't beat Robuto. I don't disagree with anything you just said. Plus, there. Preach is hilarious on Twitter. Have you seen him? <laughs> yeah, he is a good follow on Twitter. The tit's gonna, or excuse me, the inside. <laughs> okay, uh, we we um, sometimes we call ourselves the tit because of the, the acronym Inside Trip, but the Inside Trip's gonna follow Preach. I'm gonna do it as soon as we're done with this. Nice. Um, I'm a huge Epperly fan. I think you know. He really impressed me last year at the NCAA's when he lost first round to Casey Kent and then comes back and, you know, just flipping battles off seven straight victories and then beats Casey Kent for third and fourth. Was he your Road Warrior of the Week that that, that time? Uh, yeah, he was Road Warrior of the Tournament, man, for sure. Um, so <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you my man, dog. <laughs> Um, that's a huge win for Preach. And I think now, I think people are really going to – the casual – you know, average college wrestling fans are now going to start understanding who Ryan Preach is. Yeah. Um, the other big upset occurred at 125 pounds. Joey Dance, who many th- are thinking finalist potential at 125, and yes, he still is. Could win it. Could win it. Um, you know, loses to Darian Cruz. Now, Cruz is, a, is an All-American um, two times? One time? No, he, he was an All-American as a freshman. Yeah. True freshman. Mm-hmm. Then he redshirted, and then he made the round of 12. Uh, that's right. He lost to Milhoff in the round of 12 last year. Yeah, but the um, dude's legit. I mean, oh, the, dude, sure. the dude can wrestle. For sure. Um, but he beats Dance. 4-2, um, right? Uh, yeah. F- I thought I saw 4-2 four four this 4-2, because the pre and uh, Epperly score was 3-1. to one. So they were both takedown matches. And the the takedown that separated that match, at the very beginning of the match, Ooh, I didn't see Cruz it. scored a takedown on the edge of the mat. And in my opinion, based on what I saw, Dance stopped wrestling. And I even tweeted something out right away that said, 
Joey Dance and Darren Cruz just showed us why you don't stop wrestling at any point in the match. So, uh, without going too long, like tell me, give me a little breakdown of the match because I didn't see it. Oh man, I don't do that as well as you do. Oh, okay, well anyway, so but basically, um, were there two takedowns for Cruz, or just one riding time and a point? I think it was one and an escape and a, and and, a ride and, time. And ride time. Okay. Yeah, I do gotcha. believe that's so. All, that's all so, I wanted. But the, but the takedown that he scored was in the first period. They're kind of wrestling around on the edge of the mat. You know, Cruz kind of takes this shot. Uh, Dan stops wrestling for a second, and Cruz chases him down. Basically, okay. get, gets on the ankles and, and two points. Was Dan's, for Cruz. Was Dan's two uh, two two escapes? Must have been. So he didn't even take been. him down. No, I don't believe he did. Man, dude, I don't believe he did. I, I, Does that take Dan's out of the title contender? Remember, Dan's has beaten Gilman before. Now not, he hasn't beaten this year's Gilman, who <laughs> just doesn't, doesn't stop shooting. No, but. I don't think. I mean, not, you know, one loss to a returning All American. I don't think that takes him out of the you know, title contender, you know, category. But this is what I'll tell you. And we, we've both said this before is that Thomas Gilman has separated himself from the rest of the pack at that weight class. And we both believe that Nick Suriano is the second best yeah, wrestler in that weight but class. God, this is why I love wrestling. And this is why I can't wait to go to bigs and I can't wait to go to NCAAs because dude, it doesn't matter. Like that, you know, it just doesn't matter. You're going to see a cruise over. You could see a cruise over Gilman in the freaking quarters. I mean, it just I doubt it. But, you know, like this. It could just, happen. It just pumps me up. I Anyways, I don't want to spend too much time on like this. Like a kid at Christmas. So, um, you know, the other kind of uh, big match between uh, some highly ranked wrestlers in that weight class was at 149. Shishko took on Lake Gardner. Shishko got that win. I think it might have been, been in sudden victory as well. I think it was well. overtime, right? Yeah. So good win for them. Uh, Virginia Tech comes out on top, twenty-one to fifteen. Um, and then the other big duel this weekend, in my opinion, and I think you would agree with me on this, was Oklahoma State and Missouri wrestled in a battle of, uh, I would say, Big Twelve teams, but I don't even know what they are anymore. Uh, oh yeah, Okie State is something, and Missouri's in the MAC. Oh, Missouri is in the MAC. I'm thinking football. Yeah, and uh, no, but no, but Missouri used to be right. Big Twelve. Um, and to be honest with you, without inter- I'm sorry for interrupting there. If I was not an Ohio State fan. I think I'm more entertained by this duel than I am Ohio State versus Penn or versus uh, um, uh, Iowa. Dude, there was some crazy Woo! results in this match and crazy matches and crazy matches. I I, I sat down this morning and watched the duel because I didn't get to see it, and oh my goodness, it was fun. So first two matches, one twenty five, one thirty three, I think happened just as you would expect. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even. I fast forwarded. Oklahoma those. State Sorry. goes out, dominates those two matches, but then at one forty one, man, it's starting there. You got you got a crazy match between. You know, I got some thoughts about this match. The you funky go ahead. guy Ironman versus the returning national champ Dean Heil, who's also pretty funky. Like he, he'll he'll he, scramble. Oh, he he's scrambling. He's yeah. he can scramble okay, yeah, really he's a, well. He's a scrambler. Yeah, yeah. Um, hard to take down. Hard to score on. Can score points when he wants to. Can ride. Can do all that stuff. But eight to six match, man. What was your thought? I've got a, okay. I've got a couple thoughts about this. Give them to me. One, Dean Heil. Every high school, middle school, college. You know, I, you know. I don't know whoever's listening to this. If you want to learn how to get out of legs, go watch Heil versus Ironman. Ironman had both boots in on Heil. And Heil, and I'm not going to get technical on this only because it's really hard to describe, but Heil, no problem getting out of a double boot. You know how it's hard to get out of a single boot? Ironman had both boots in. What Heil did was he stepped his left leg over, so he made the, um, the, um, the top guy's right leg underneath both of his legs right uh-huh, uh-huh. and then he just head hunted and swam but dude how okay we know iron was it kind of like a you know kind of hide the arm swim the head yes yeah, after the arm. but but what he did is the first thing he did was he got 
um, he got um, Ironman's hip. Mm-hmm. So his right hip's on top, right? You're riding both boots and your hips are on top. Yep. He got his right hip facing the ground by stepping over one leg. And then he swam. And I tell you what, that is just beautiful. Go back and watch this beautiful technique. If you want to learn how to get out of legs and you want to teach your kids how to get out of legs, double boots. Mm-hmm. Go watch Heil get out of Ironman's double boots. And it wasn't even close. I mean, he got out within like five seconds. And you don't see, like, at the college level, especially at the D1 level, you don't, once a guy gets two boots in, you don't see too many guys getting out. I, either you get a stalemate or you get ridden like a mule or yep. you get turned. Kyle loved it. Kyle, Kyle, it was almost like Kyle practices this. Seriously, go back and watch this. It pumped me up so much because people, you know, when we used to coach, I don't know how to get out of the legs, coach. Dude, it, it, it's not as hard as you think it is once you learn the proper techniques. Kyle was obviously taught the proper techniques. And I'm assuming it was probably at St. Ed's because, yeah. you know, that's where it was happening. <laughs> but, so he gets out of there. Here's the other point I want to make on that match. It was 8-6. to six. Guess what? It was four escapes and one takedown for Ironman and three escape or three takedowns for Heil. So Heil obviously was way more offensive, but yet it was only an 8-6 to six match. That's the problem with the scoring. I want three-point takedowns. You know, when you, you I want three point takedowns. You t- you brought this up to me, you know, and you put up a poll. casual a ca- casual conversation a few weeks ago. And when you first started talking about it, I was like, eh. but I started thinking about it and doing the math in my head and kind of taking some matches that had been close in those situations. So like this match right here and kind of putting that added up, adding that in there, and and it makes perfect sense because a guy that scores three takedowns and an escape and an escape. Um, we scored eight points, so he had writing time too, yeah, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, So a guy that scores three takedowns and gets an no, escape. No, he got two escapes, excuse me, because he got taken down too. Okay, so three takedowns, two escapes, and you, you've you got basically a one takedown match with a guy that's gotten four escapes, four and, escapes a and a takedown. It makes the, no, it, it makes makes no, no sense. sense to me. It makes yeah, it's a, it's a, not a one point match, but a one one move match. Basically, yeah. yeah. So no, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Thank and it's you. Funny. Three takedowns. And I will three say this. Three takedowns. I think, Tom Brands has went on record basically stating that there needs to be a, a very serious look at the rules that have been made you know, lately, the recent rule changes in college wrestling, as well as the existing rules, because things are not working right, especially with some of the rules that's been implemented in the last few years. He hates the out-of-bounds rules, doesn't he, he? He can't stand it. He said it needs to be a gathering of you know, the, 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 you know, the top coaches in college and wrestling said with the rules committee. An inside trip. <laughs> no, he did not trip. say that he did yeah, not. He did. <laughs> I missed that part. Oh, but okay. anyway, I totally agree with him, and I agree with you on the three-point takedown. Um, but but good win for Heil, man. Good good win for well, him. Yeah, you know, and he won eight to six. And but Heil has this weird thing of always giving up takedowns at the end of matches when it's not a big deal. Like he gave that he gave up a takedown to mm-hmm. Topher Carton mm-hmm. at the end of the match when he knew he had it won. You can't do that in the NCAA finals. I'm still picking Heil to win, but but you know he you know what's really neat about that. And I, he took down Ironman, who's funky and chest wraps and, you know, tips you over on your hip and can lock up a cradle from anywhere. He took him down three times. Good for him, man. Uh, the next match at 149 is one Fire. that we've seen multiple times. This is the best Not one I've ever seen year, of it. Yeah, amazing match. Le'Veon Mays versus Anthony Colica. Pumping me up. You know, Colica has been on an absolute roll this year. He's already beaten Mays twice. Beat him in the All-Star match. Beat him in the Scuffle Finals. Yep. Um, was it the finals? Yeah, yeah, you're right. What I will say about the scuffle finals, though, and I'm not making any excuses for Le'Veon Mays. That go. was Mays's first action back um, in a while, and there had been reports that he was in concussion protocol. Yeah, that's what I heard. So you know, that's kind of what we had heard: concussion protocol. 
goes out. I was looking at, you know, watching some of his matches at Scuffle as well as looking at some of the results, and they were they were atypical of a, what you would expect to see Tighter. from Mays. Tighter, Tighter matches. Yeah. Wasn't really he's a volume shooter, man. He's got blast doubles, those high singles, and I just really wasn't seeing that. Well, let's think about this. And and I hate to interrupt you there. When you haven't wrestled in a long time, like I think I'm you know, no. You're gonna get tired, and you can't just yeah, go out and exactly all the time. right. Right. I mean, you're just kind of you're relying on on instinct rather than your timing and your technique and right. all that kind of stuff. So, obviously, he loses that match back at the scuffle finals to Kalika. It was a close match, but Kalika, you know, won it. You know, he controlled the match, won the match. This match was was awesome. This match was awesome. Mays gets the victory. He gets the victory nine to seven. There was so much action in this match. Tell me about it, Ben. Tell him about it. I mean, I watched it again today and I I don't have a ton of it. I I don't have a ton of, um, you know, okay. So basically to me, it was the match of the week. Mm -hmm. It was just constant back and forth, back and forth. Literally like there were so many different lead changes or so many times it was tied. Mays ended up getting him in Kalika walked into a double at the end. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, and got, and got taken down. Um, both of them scored offensive points. It wasn't one of those ones where it's eight to six where it was a bunch of escapes and then a random takedown. Mm-hmm. Reversals, takedowns. Mays, you know, neither one of them out-wrestled the other one. Right. It was just, hey, the final man struck. He got it. And this was by far, the, we've watched them where they've been boring. Remember when they won, it was the NCAA's maybe quarters or like second round last year when, um, Kalika beat Mays to uh, advance and then dropped Mays down into the um, to the consolation bracket. That was a boring match. I think it was like 4-3 or overtime or something like that. Um, yeah, it was in the quarterfinals, and I think uh, Kalika won that match 3-2 to two, if I'm yeah, memory the, serves hey, correct. snooze fest. This one, anything but. If you haven't seen this match, check it out. Just watch this duel. It's on um, ESPN3, mm-hmm. so if you have an ESPN subscription, which most people do, go watch it because I'm telling you, First, you're going to learn how to get out of legs from Heil. And then you're going to watch Mays and Kalika. You're going to learn how to shoot a double leg. That's for darn sure. Um, It was just a fire. And and, and in my notes, this is stupid. I wrote, neither of them held anything back. And that's all I had. But you know what? Like, that's a good... It's not a bad point because... Kalika never holds anything back. Kalika has an amazing pace. And I was actually starting to think that he was separating himself from a guy like Mays. We won twice this year, right? Right. He's won twice. Um... Obviously, that's not the uh, that's obviously that's not the case, and it makes me start to think about the one forty nine pound class. Obviously, you got top dog Rutherford, but then wh- what is the the you know the 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 margin of difference like between Sorensen, Kalika, who beat Sorensen, Mays, uh, Micah Jordan? I mean, we're talking one point matches, two point matches here. Do you want to hear me tell you, tell you what I think? Please, um, please do. And I, and I didn't I didn't mean to sound condescending there. I'm sorry. No. Um, I still think that Sorensen is a step above. I know he lost to Kalika. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it maybe might have been a bad match. You know, other than that, it is just a huge mumbo jumbo of of people. Mays put it on Oliver. Oh, uh, a couple, yeah, yeah, last week, I yeah, mean, Mays did put it Mays on Oliver. Mays is back. I'm telling you, Mays is back. Kalika's great. It wouldn't surprise me now. So I think Sorensen is just a little bit above both of them. But it wouldn't surprise me if any one of those guys makes the finals. And I think seeding's going to play like, like right. Who, who's on the outside of the side of Rathford? Right. You know. So I don't, I don't really disagree with anything you said there, except for this. I think that I mean, obviously Rutherford is the top dog. Um, I take him down. I think Sorensen, and even with this result between Kalika and Mays, I think Sorensen and Kalika have a slightly, a slight 
more advantage okay. as opposed to to, to to a guy like Micah Jordan and Le'Veon Mays because both Sorensen and Kolick can wrestle well in all three positions. They Ooh, can both ride. Point. They can both get Great out point. from bottom. Um, they both have really good pace, really good gas tanks, and I think that's what could could give them the slight edge come come NCAA's. You make a great point there. You know, Mays is he's not a rider. He can get out. Yeah, he can get out. People aren't riding him. Which which is he's I, not a turner. Which I think is another thing that maybe puts Micah even below Mays. Right. Is it, you know, but, but I don't I don't see Mays riding Micah. I mean, who knows? But you know, with Mays and Kalika, you almost throw the results out because God, they because of how many times so they've wrestled. So many times, for sure. And and they're so equal in terms of technique that it's. You know, let's say Kalika's a better wrestler than Mays by just a little bit, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, when you wrestle somebody that many times, you're going to fall into negates the middle, that. right? Right. Yeah. But yeah, I was just, you know, just from the, the standpoint of whatever gives you a little bit of an advantage that come, come March, it's just Sorensen and Kalika have obviously, they've shown us this year that they can wrestle in all three positions. And, I, and I'm big on that. I think when you can do that, that gives you an edge over a lot of the other guys. Yeah. And that's why I'm pumped about 149 at the NCAAs. Look, you know, you know, some people, they get like, oh, obviously Rutherford's going to win it. That's going to be a boring weight class. You're high. You're crazy if you think that it's going to be a boring weight class just because Rutherford's going to win it. There's still seven other freaking weight classes or seven other podium spots that are going to be nuts to watch. Can't disagree, man. How many returning All-Americans are in that class? Think about it for a second. Yeah, all right. I mean, well, okay, so we got Rutherford. Well, thanks for asking me that question when, I, when I'm not ready, but uh, oh. let's, let's chat about it. So you got Rutherford. You got Sorensen. Um, Oliver's back. Le'Veon Mays is back. And Oliver's had a nice season. Like He's, not, he's no slouch. And Kalika. So you've got five returning All-Americans in that weight class coming back. Not counting Micah Jordan. Not counting Solomon Shisko. That's six of returning All-Americans in that class because he ate at 141 last yep. year. That weight class is going to be nuts. So you got six returning All-Americans. you got a Mickey Jordan who I think has proven, you know, he beat Shisko. He's never lost to Shisko. Right. Even going back to the Ironman. Yep. I mean, so, you know, you got six returning All-Americans and you got a Micah Jordan. That's seven. And then you got guys like a, a Sam Spino who is – Turned it on. I don't mm-hmm. know if you followed this dude from uh, North Carolina State. And then you got a Patrick Lugo. Um, Round of 12 guy last yeah, year. Lake Gardner. So, you know, after that, it starts to fall off. But it, it's I, deep. Saturday morning when I'm like semi hungover is going to be awesome watching 149. You're talking about what, the All American rounds? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, well, not the blood rounds, but, you know, when they're, yeah, when they're just wrestling right. for what place? The placement matches. The one, we've never missed it. We almost did <laughs> once. We almost did once. We almost did once due to uh, Brandon getting lost in East St. Louis at four in the morning by accident. Uh, <laughs> it happens. Uh, uh, I know. So anyway, moving on, man. Um, the next match at 157 <laughs> pounds. Dude, you're right. You're right about this guy. Like who, Joey Lavalle. Oh yeah. Beats up Joe Smith. My boy Lavalle. You've been dude. high on Lavalle all year long, and he beat him up six to one. I just want to ask this. It was a nasty match. Uh, there ahead. was so much hype last year around Joe Smith and even kind of going into the season. He's hurt. It's starting to... He's hurt. You think he's hurt? You well, think yeah, what he's it sat is? out most of the year. Or he sat out most of the year, and then he comes out and wrestles. He's got a big old thing on his leg. Yeah, I don't think he's, I don't think he's wrestling to his, uh, his peak potential, at least at this point. All right. It's unfortunate, too, because when the kid's on, he's got some great... You know, he's got magnificent technique and skill and stuff really, like that. He's really good. It's almost like he's got like genetic, you know, he's just been genetically a wrestler. But why? Does he come from a family of wrestlers? Yeah. <laughs> Some guy I heard is going to be on our next episode. <laughs> Whatever. <Shut up. laughs> 
So Eric Olanowski, did you see that tweet that he sent? I did. That was kind of hey, you know what? Shout out to him for for you know getting the hype train up. But no, no, we're not gonna have John Smith on our on our tenth episode. <laughs> unfortunately, like I said, but we are gonna wear singlets and bad poles underneath them. Deal. I'm game. Um, I'm game. Okay, so Lavalley took him took him down. Um and then put a bent leg, not like a Turk, but a bent leg Turk where he crossed. It's even hard to explain, but it was painful. He put a bent leg Turk on Joe Smith and ripped his face off and put him onto his back. It wasn't a takedown to the back. It was a takedown. I'm going to bend your leg and Turk you over and just uncomfortable, uncomfortable. And Joey LaValle, I want to see him wrestle Nolf. Like, look, Nolf's going to major him or do whatever to him. You know, Nolf's going to beat him up. Mm-hmm. Just like... You know, he hasn't majored Kemmerer, that's it. He's beaten Berger by Major Barely. <laughs> major Barely. Lavalley um, <laughs> Le- 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 sounds like the next comer, right? Like, like you know, he's taking all comers. Lavalley sounds like the next comer that he's going to have to wrestle. Right. Um, I still it, think there's a huge gap between oh, those gonna two. he's going to beat him up. Sure. But I want to see it. I mean, I, I just want to see where he's at because I I tell you what, I think Lavalley can go with uh, Kemmerer and Berger. I really do. All right. Um. All right, so after that, man, what was the other... Uh, there was another crazy. Oh, what, what's up with Wisman beating Crutchmer? That is weird. Um, it, it and it was literally it was it wasn't like Crutchmer tried to do something crazy and like got pinned. It just was got uh, beat. Yeah, he got beat. Got taken down. And, be- and it was beat. just uh, Wisman ain't bad, but I mean he ain't great in, in terms of results. I'm sorry. I mean he's filling in. Isn't he filling in for something? No, he's the starter. No, that's Wisman's, right. I'm, I'm thinking of the, the somebody else pounder. is filling in for him. Yeah, yeah. but he's he, yeah. Wisman's the starter. He's a decent decent recruit. Nothing crazy. Um. I think it's a bad loss for Crutch. You know, Crutch. He's had some. He's been inconsistent this year. Yeah, and Wisman. Look, Wisman could be a guy. He's going to qualify for the NCAAs, right? Oh, for sure. He might win a match or two, but I would be surprised if he even made the round of twelve. Um, you got a burp? Should I pause this so you? Can no, burp? I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Burp me like a baby. <laughs> um, let's go back to 165 though, because that match was insane. Fire between Daniel oh, Lewis goodness. and Chandler Rogers. Why did you skip an, that? I'm sorry. Um, it was an 11 to 10 match. You can only imagine what type of match that is because of the way Chandler Rogers wrestles. I mean, uh, he just goes, he, he throws the kitchen sink at you. Well, yeah, if you, if you remember last time they wrestled, um, Rogers, <laughs> I think it was really close. Um, Lewis, or Rogers, Rogers took down, and everybody's like, uh oh. Because everybody knows how tough Lewis is on top, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Rogers gazonies him and pins him. And uh, this time, same thing. Not, not, not pin. Dan, Dan Lewis cannot ride Chandler Rogers. Dan Lewis can ride anybody, right? He rode Alex Derringer oh, out. Oh, yeah. He rode Alex Derringer out for yep. two periods. Put a, ro- hey, put a ride you on You know what Chandler Jordan? Rogers does every time um, Daniel Lewis gets on top? Gets out. Sit out. No, but no, not only that, almost puts him on his back. Sit out straight to his butt, head gazoni. And, and Dan, Daniel Lewis can't, can't stop it. It was crazy. Lewis took him down with like four seconds left to win the match. He was losing. Oh. Good for him, man. That's a good win for him. I bet if you haven't seen this duel, go out, like Ben said, find it on ESPN, watch it because there was some crazy matches, some crazy results. Best duel of the week. If, if like I said, if I'm not an Ohio State guy, best duel of the week. Oh, yeah, I, I, for sure. Um, don't disagree with that at all. All right, so a couple other things. Let's hit on this real quick. Um, I think this is big news. Um, Minnesota, they, they're they buying into Eggum. They removed the interim label from uh, Eggum. I know you, you're big they must on that. Listen, they must listen to our podcast. You said they should have all along. Um, I think they're seeing the results that a lot of people are seeing, that you know, despite all the turmoil and chaos that that program has been to, um, Eggum's you know, kind of held it together, kind of cleaned house a little bit. So you think that's a good idea? 
Oh, I think it's a fantastic idea. Like I said, the dude's been around the program for mm-hmm. years, and we're not just talking like years. three, four, five, six no. years. But he's been uh, J. Rob's right hand man, and not only that, um, like I said, he's getting people to buy into him. Uh, Minnesota—they're not having a great year, you know, by by any stretch of the imagination. But it's a better year than last year. And if you know, take it for what it's worth. You know, I don't know. I, I've actually never really got your entire thoughts, and it's not something we need to talk about about the whole J. Rob firing. Um, I'm not a huge. We don't have time for that. Yeah, I wasn't happy about it, but at the same time, look, J. Rob was on his way out, anyways. You know, on his own terms. But but he, look, the dude ain't gonna. The dude wasn't gonna coach for the next ten years, right? You know, and and Egum was a guy he was crewman to be his uh, predecessor. Egum's doing good. People are you know people are trusting him. He's 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 starting to shape up his team, and good things are happening in Minnesota. I really think so. I think so too. I think it's not. We, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. Like how long before we see them back on the. Uh, you know, as one of the top teams. What I say, five years? I don't think it's going to be that long, man. You know, one or two more good recruiting classes, getting the right guys in there. As long as they continue to buy into what Eggham's saying, I don't think it's going to be long at all. Well, they they freed some money up with, with a couple of those big transfers, who I'm assuming were on some good dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're going to be good. So be good. Speaking of coaches, what are your thoughts on this whole Pittsburgh the pit uh, pit situation? I'll tell you one thing: Backpages.com will get anybody in trouble. Yeah, kids, stay off of backpages.com. Stay off of backpages.com. Jeez. <laughs> I never even knew about it until about about like six years ago. And then uh, somebody else, um, you know, that we knew kind of kind of got in got, trouble. Got in trouble on that one. And uh, same thing there, man. Stay off backpages.com, man. Your wife don't want you there. But anyways, uh, you know. If you're picking a coach. Okay, so one thing I will say. Changing is, the subject. Yeah, we're changing like the subject. It. Get I off like of that. It. I like it. One thing I will say is that Pitt currently has an interim AD, so I think first they need to find an, you know a permanent athletic director because until you have a permanent athletic director, you're not going to recruit a big-name coach to come into this program. They need stability. They want to see stability. They want to see commitment from the administration, and they want to see – you know, obviously money. Well, they want to see dollar signs. They want to see dollar signs. Right, see dollar so, signs. but once they, you know, assuming they fill this uh, athletic director position, if if you are the athletic director, Ben, who are you saying are my top three targets to, to bring in? And I, I think the first person you go for, mm-hmm. David Taylor, who's still competing. But you know what, Coleman Scott did it. That's a good point. That's a good point. I, I, I want haven't David thought Taylor. About that. All right. Why, why not? I mean, David Taylor is he's a big name. And I know, I don't know. Everybody's like, we got the strip matters, we got the well, strip Santoros. Because Santoro ain't leaving Lehigh. He, Santoro's not leaving yeah, Lehigh. You know, Why like, would he? You see these people throwing out these names. No. Why not David Taylor? Dude's dude has already said he wants to coach. That's a good point. That's a hell of a freaking place to start. Oh, uh, hmm, I have great ties to Ohio, which is right next door, and people in Pennsylvania love me because I wrestle for Penn State. How is that not the best job of all time for him? That's a good point. I mean, I, I'm curious if he would even have any interest in that. I guess if I was going to put my, two guys that I would just throw out there based on and Strip Matters already said that he wants to, he loves his Young Guns Wrestling Club. He doesn't want to leave that. He, he's not interested in the makes job. Makes great money doing it. I'm sure. Um, the two guys that I would probably be, would be my first choices is going to be Casey Cunningham and Kerry Colop. Now, Casey Cunningham's Penn State's uh, assistant, uh, first uh, first assistant, right? Right. Yeah. Might even be an associate head coach or something. Yeah. I don't know. In uh, Colop, yeah, Colop's. I think Colot really loves where he's at, though. So I'm not yeah. saying he would have interest in this. But if Great I'm an point, AD, Brandon. if I'm an AD and I'm saying, "Hey, this is my wish list," those are two of the top guys I have on there. Yeah, I love your look. I, in my opinion, I'll take Taylor over Casey Cunningham for uh, 
a lot a lot of reasons, including star name. Okay, mm-hmm. um, but Colot that's that's an awesome choice. But you know what, Colot likes it down there. I think what he said was he likes being away from PA. Like he almost likes it. Like he likes the small school feeling, and he, he likes also just like not look his life. You know, his wrestling career didn't end the way he wanted it to, and that's where it started at Pennsylvania. And I think he really just likes getting away from Pennsylvania. I truly do. You're saying by wrestling career, not his college career. His college career ended the way he wanted yeah, it to. Yeah, correct. But I think just, but he's a big name in PA, right? Right. But I think he just loves being away from it. I think he loves being in Booze Creek. I think he just loves being down there. He's fully funded. He's got a great administration. They love He's him. He's starting to do something. They love him. And plus, you know, I, you know, we listened to an interview with him one time anyway, and I, all great points. I mean, I was just saying this is just my wish list. I don't think Colot sure, would ever sure. have an interest, but you know, Colot's you know gone on record and saying that look, you know, the big schools, and obviously Pittsburgh's not a Penn State, but it is a bigger school than you know Campbell. It, you know, it, the, Pittsburgh could be, could be. A top five program. I'm talking about in terms of size. Oh, okay. In terms yeah. of size, the big school is was not for him, um, and he loves that you know that at, where he's at now and that that small town feeling, the small campus, small class sizes. You know, it, he really likes that. Pitt's that almost atmosphere. as big as Penn State. So I don't see him ever saying, "Yeah, I would go there." But sure. if I'm an athletic director coming in, I would say, "Yeah, you're on the top. You're yeah, one you're of the top guys list. on my list." Yeah. Now Pitt, Pitt's a huge school, actually, though. I, it, it's big classes. I, man, for the sake. For the sake of the sport, and especially for the sake of that program, I hope they get an athletic director that comes in and is willing to to really take the wrestling program seriously because college wrestling needs it. All, all D1 need, wrestling needs all it. All you need to do to make Pitt good is a head coach and an administration behind it. They're already fully funded. Dude, Are they? Yeah. They, you, know who, you know who is from there? Coleman Scott. Like, not, he didn't wrestle there, but... He's got a good gig at North, good gig at North Carolina, you though, know, man. I know. I'm just saying. Maybe they bring us in. Shut All, right. Up. All right. One last thing before um, we go. Um, do we got a little bit of time or no? Yeah, we got we got a couple of minutes. I hope this is the one last thing we got to talk about. All right, then you go ahead. All right, he's back. Guess who's back? Back, back again. again. Dake, Dake is back. back. Tell, Tell a friend. <laughs> Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess dude, who's back? Dude, dude, dude. You know I've been a huge Dake fan for a long time. And the boy is back. He's back down at what seventy four kilograms. Seventy four kilograms and looking nice. Looked good. And and I'll tell you this. And I hate Dave, just, by the way. Just let me. <laughs> I just want to just say this. Like you do it. Look, Deeringer is a stud. I love Deeringer, and I think I truly I think that he's got the potential to be the the future future of that weight class. There's so many futures in that weight class, though. <laughs> yeah, right. There are so many futures in that weight class. But. If you haven't watched the match that took place in the Paris, I don't know, Grand Prix or whatever it is, finals. Paris International. Paris International finals between Kyle Dake, Alex Deringer, between them combined for seven NCAA titles, go watch that match because what you got to see, and this is, and Deringer just beat, like what, an Olympic bronze medalist recently? Yeah, he he, he beat a, a, he beat either an Olympic or a world medal. Right. right. So yeah, for Deeringer sure. is legit on the international scene right now. Legit. And legit. Kyle Dake owned him in this match. Deeringer didn't even come close to scoring. He came close to scoring on the takedown. But then he got... Oh, I'm sorry. You mean he... But then he, he got chest wrapped. I'm sorry. You mean he got in on a leg and then ended up getting turned for what? Well, I'm not going to go into the technicalities so, of it, but he got chest wrapped, yeah. I mean, but it was a 10 to nothing tech fall. 10 nothing tech fall by Dake. Yeah, but if it was like in like scholastic rules, he would have came back because it was a 15 tech falls. Dude, we're not. Uh, sh- oh, hush. <laughs> all right, all right. 
but Dake was impressive. And I think that that's, you know, one of the things that once guys graduate college and they move on to the next level of wrestling, when you don't hear their name for a while because either they're dealing with life or injuries or something, you have a tendency to kind of forget about them because somebody else is stepping in and getting big wins. You know, you know Jordan Burroughs, Deeringer, stuff like that. But what you saw was when Dake is healthy and at the right weight class, that's how dominant he can be. Dake's trouble. And you know what's great is they're talking about maybe 10 weights for uh, for the Worlds. For the Worlds. And that means somehow Dake and uh, uh, Burroughs will split I would love to see it. Dake Burroughs Taylor, who had a you know a tough one, but a, a nice win against Ronnie Perry. Who that's eighty six, right? Yeah. He's staying up there. He's a bad guy. Yeah, well, he'll stay up there unless they bring a weight class that maybe is a little right. bit low, you know, because he can make a little weight weight class below. But anyways, yeah, I don't want to take away from Dake. Dake you watched had, that match, right? Uh, dude, I watched it. Yeah, my dog was bugging me to go on a walk. I thought, did you see the tweet? Yeah. I was like, I want to. No, he seriously was jumping on me to go on a walk, and I was like, dude, I'm watching Dake Derringer. So, so, so Dake scores the first takedown. He gets a turn. It's four to nothing, right? Mm-hmm. All right. After that, they get back on their feet, and Dake doesn't really do a whole lot, but he's staying in the center of the mat. What he's doing is he's keeping great position, and he's kind of controlling the center of the mat. And Deeringer gets in on a shot, a pretty good shot. A good shot, but his head got too deep in between Dake's legs. Exactly. And then he got body locked. And, and we, as, 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 we, as we've seen in the past from Dake, Dake has an uncanny ability to to defend off those takedowns, basically, and to get, put himself into bad situations and to wrestle through them, and that's what he did. He, you know, he's kind of doing the splits there. He's defending that shot. Uh, Deringer puts the leg over the head. Typically, you think, oh, I got the leg over the head. I'm doing good. Um, no, you know, Deringer, what, you know, crotch lifts him, scores off of that. At the end, he doesn't do much after that, you know, do much again until the end. Uh, Deeringer walks into a double leg, yep. right into a turn to a lace, tech fall. I mean, he Look, looked so good. Dake has been marred by injuries. Yeah. If he hadn't been. and I, I'm Multiple not gonna, surgeries. I'm not going to say he would have been on the team because, look, he hasn't proven he can beat pros yet. But, but he is amazing. And it's unfortunate that we're, we're so stuck at that weight class. We're so deep at that weight class nationally. Internationally, yep. you know, we've had success. Sure. But I'm not going to say we're Russia at those those weights yet so far. But we're getting there, baby. And USA, hey, give us 10 weights. We're going to fill them. Logan Stever's going to find one. You know, Dake's going to find one. Uh, Jordan Burrow's going to find one. David Taylor's going to find one. Jaden Cox is going to find one. Kyle Snyder's going to find one. Ben Watson's going to find one. I'm going to find they, Yeah, I ain't finding <laughs> shit. Anyways, man, is that what you want to talk about? All right, let's get I out did, of here, I man. Did. We're I probably already running that. too late. Nope, actually, we're doing fine. Last question for you, since we're talking about Dake. Man, you love KD. I do. I you really do. You love KD. I do. I do. I'm sorry, I do. Right now, today, Go ahead. in a match, JB, KD, who you picking? I'm not answering that question. You asked me that. You asked me that last week, and I said to you, "I'm not picking it yet." I want to know. I'm not picking yet. All right. I'm not putting my name on it. Who do you pick? Put you, that, that's name on it right now, and then and you can't go back and say, "Well, I said it was just right today." No. Who are you picking <laughs> for the world team? Now we don't know weight classes. You're though. getting so angry. Maybe there are different weight classes. I'm though. just talking about a match today. No, I'm not picking that. All right. Well, Kyle, that's all we got Kyle for Dake. you guys today. Kyle uh, Dake. Kyle Dake, I knew it. Anyway, that's who all. You, we, who are you taking? Uh, Kyle Dake. I'm a Dake fan, man. Uh, I'm a JB fan shit, too. Shit, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> anyway, that's all we got for you. Thanks for listening. This is the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number nine. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter at the Inside Trip One. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Boom. <laughs>